This is Studio Insights, a Provost Studio podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Studio Insights, a podcast from Provost Studio. I'm Tyler Kern, joined, as always, today by Peter Provost, President and Director of Design at Provost Studio. Peter, welcome to another episode of the show. How are you doing? Hey, hey. Doing good. Good. So today we are talking about studio spaces in corporate spaces. So what do we mean by that? We're going to talk about why companies and businesses are investing in this and some of the benefits that might not be readily apparent. We're going to dive into all of these things. If that intro didn't make sense, don't worry. We're going to flesh it all out in much, much more detail. And luckily, Peter is here to help me out with that. So Peter, talk us through why are companies doing projects like this? Why are companies putting in media rooms, studios, places like that into their facilities right now? What, what's some of the why behind that? Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest why is uh, video content. And um, that video content is being produced in, you know, quantities um, that we really haven't seen before. And so uh, companies are using video specifically to do kind of one of two things, kind of internal communications or external communications or both. Mm -hmm. And um, so what do I mean by that? You know, internal communications would be more like, you know, there's a quarterly C-suite address to the, you know, internal organization. Or um, quite frankly, you could be like internal training around certain things. Um, external would be more external communications or more. It, it could be training. It could be training for. Um, you know, potential clients, it could be instruction, it could be um, thought leadership around whatever industry that company is in. And um, I think that that companies now that video has kind of evolved as a communication medium, um, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot cheaper than what it used to be. It's a lot faster. Um, and now I think what we're seeing a need is one, just developing and building those kinds of spaces, but then also, um, and then also aligning the brand look and feel across that new platform. Cause sometimes mm -hmm. there's, you know, video has been around forever, right. For a while. Um, but not, not in the, um, uh, not in the way it has, yeah, currently developed, but it's been a lot more democratized recently, right? Like absolutely. more people are creating video. Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, brands that were doing video five, six, seven years ago, they have, you know, a set or a, let's just say a, an environment that now that video has become much better, um, the technology around it to produce it is a lot easier. Um, Oftentimes, what what they had before versus what they need doesn't match their brand anymore. And so, mm -hmm. what we try to do is um, help align the or realign the look and feel of um, you know that content with what the brand is currently. Um, and then, more importantly, or just as importantly as kind of aligning the brand is kind of giving clients or giving. Um, giving our, our clients that are now broadcasters interesting um, spaces, but also spaces that help them um, present their content in, in better ways. 
whether it's a touchscreen, you know, um, you know, on-air touchscreen display or, you know, setting up a more intimate one-on-one, things that um, are pretty easily achievable, but you just have to kind of design it into the space. Yeah. And, and one of the things that you and I have talked about is that you're seeing that space um, much more reflected, or it might even be vice versa. You're, you're seeing the broadcast media space be reflected in the overall corporate space. And, and you know, those two things are kind of, those two worlds are kind of melding together, whereas they used to maybe be very distinct in, in you know, a, a TV studio or something like that. But now you're starting to see those things really start to come together in an interesting way. And I'm curious more than anything, how you begin to tie some of those elements kind of all throughout a space as opposed to it feeling very segmented. Yeah. I mean, so here's like a a good example. So like 10 years ago when, um, when I started to do broadcast, actually now 20 years ago, it's been a while. You don't have to admit that on, on, you know, know it's okay. 2000 (laughs) started doing it 2000. All right. 20 years ago. All right. Um, you know, broadcast was over here as kind of a project type and interior architecture or office workplace was over here. And there was a big gap, right? There, you'd never have them cross over um, where it would be a black box studio here or a video production space and where you work and, you know, where a customer or a client would come in and experience the brand. Today with... Um, you know, with webcast and with technology in general, they're starting to like, they overlap, right? So as an example, um, we just, you and I were just talking about this, but we have, we had a um, completed a project for a financial services company in Chicago and Mm -hmm. they were building, um, they own the building and they were building out the fifth floor. Well, what they wanted to do was have two things. They wanted to be able to have what we call like a media room, which is really like a video production space. But in addition to that, since they were creating content and they wanted there to be sort of a certain level of authenticity about where they where they produce that content, we kind of found um, and planned different areas within the fifth floor where they could just do impromptu, you know, video content shoots. So, you know, like the cafe was what we call kind of uh, uh, video ready. So the lighting was there. The um, uh, the shots were already planned with locked off cameras. And so we're kind of building video production spaces within an office workplace, which again, you know, even five, 10 years ago didn't exist, let alone 20. So they're really starting to kind of do this. And, um, and that's not just for, uh, that's not just for like traditional, like commercial broadcast clients. I mean, that's, that's more like, you know, uh, corporate clients, whether it's financial services or professional sports or, um, you know, technology companies. So it's really, really pretty interesting. I mean, um, that's one of the reasons why a lot of the, I would say several of the large multinational architecture firms are starting or have already started, um, you know, digital media groups in-house or, um, you know, video production planning groups in-house. That's really interesting. And and one of the other things that I think is is particularly interesting about this is that 
it's not it's not just about having a media space or a video space, right? This these types of spaces aren't just places to produce yeah. video. It's also a com- uh, it also helps communicate your brand identity and who you are as a brand and serves more functions than just this is a place where we record video. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so one of the things, one of the big there's two big things that we help with, right? There's mm-hmm. there's the okay, we've got to develop um, and crank out whether it's internal, external, you know, video. So we need a space for that. But then it's also like brand alignment in this kind of relatively new platform of video, right? But then the the third um, consideration, which we are more and more getting asked, is how can we how can we leverage the studio across you know other opportunities meaning like how can we also make it a profit center and so um you know th- this could happen well i mean this is happening in the financial services um field a lot and then also even professional um professional sports where okay they may you may have game day or you may have on the financial services company side you may have um certain content you need to produce, but what happens to the studio? How do you use the studio when your own content needs are already met? And so um, what's interesting is, I mean, obviously in sports, you have the opportunity to, you know, um, bring a sponsor on for the, um, for the naming rights or, or whatnot for the, the studio. But what's interesting is now you have, um, you know, a flexible space where you could have, um, you know, outside uh, clients come and use the space, right? Because today we're, we're developing and designing studios where, yes, it can be branded for the specific use that it's being designed for. But with technology being as it is, it allows you to like totally transform and rebrand the space. So not only can you use it for, you know, my, I don't know, my, uh, what would I have? Uh, I don't know. I don't even like baseball. Uh, <laughs> my football team. Okay. Yeah. But you have the ability to use it not only for the football team or the professional sports, you're able to bring in other um, users that will pay to use that space, right? It's a great point. Um, and so I think oftentimes, I mean, as I would too, I would be trying to figure out how to leverage the, the first costs of that studio across one, other budgets and other buckets of money in the organization, but then also use it as a way of attracting, you know, um, third-party revenue drive, so... That's a that's a good point. This is something that um, I was a radio guy before I worked here, right? And in radio, they figured out that everything can and should be branded and sold in some way, or you know, it, that's possible, right? So um, you have different branding on different different things all over the place, and it can be different, you know, revenue drivers depending on who you are and and, and what you do and that sort of thing. So yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot of possibility that exists in that area. As much as I we always have these similar conversations there still is a lot of education that needs to happen. Right. And so, um, you know, not only the types of clients that can use the studio, but also like how the studio can be um, used in different ways. So like, as an example, 
we've had multiple projects that kind of paired in in one example they they kind of leveraged the studio and their hospitality suite so they had um a meeting and event space that they could do you know they could cater events that they had this uh this wall that would open up and open up the hospitality suite and space to the broadcast studio and so in a way the 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 broadcast studio was kind of this value added amenity now not that they were producing video in it but it, it was kind of like an asset that was really amazing that made that hospitality suite really attractive and as a result they were just busy year long um so obviously studio leveraged through hospitality but then the other there's a, a several examples but another example is that um we had a studio that was built right next to an auditorium and so what that allowed was um uh, obviously the the studio could be used independently from the auditorium but the cool thing was that if they ever wanted to um let's say have a live audience again what they had all they had to do was kind of lift up the air wall and now you all of a sudden have you know 300 seats which is a lot by the way but 300 seats that had access, visual access, almost like a proscenium into the broadcast studio for live audiences. And so it, it allowed that client in particular to kind of, again, leverage the, um, the, the space that was right adjacent to it um, to, to widen the way in which they use the studio. That's really interesting. And yeah, again, I, I guess provides a window into the the types of possibilities. And I, I wonder, like you said, education is always a big part of this. And we've talked about that on the podcast before, but what are, I don't know, what are some questions that you frequently get on this? Or what are things that people don't know that you think maybe they should know or should be aware of as they think about, okay, what's possible for my facility? How do I want to utilize a space like that in in our offices or in our you know space and that sort of thing? What, what sorts of questions do you, do you often get and what do you want people to be thinking through um yeah so i mean the, one of the obvious questions is how do we leverage this price tag <laughs> across across other opportunities right um i mean there is there are ways to do inexpensive you know broadcast studios without a doubt right right and, um there's a there's places and clients we have clients like that that it makes sense. But when we're talking about like ground up facilities, for instance, or new headquarters, building, building that asset in at the beginning versus after the fact is always easier to do. So one of the questions is we're building this headquarters. How do we use and engage the studio in a new and interesting way around fan experience? Yeah. Right? So that's in, in particular, that's that's in the sports arena, right? Where mm -hmm. there's a new headquarters that's being built. Um, let's again, leverage the studio, not just as a black box studio that you can't see into. How about we put it along the tour route um, and actually use it to engage fans. And whether that means that they have the opportunity to record content themselves in that studio, or it's just a, a peek through to production that's happening um, live or quite frankly, even just something as simple as 
you know, a door or a window or something opening up that allows them to see behind the curtain is Mm -hmm. huge as a way to leverage it. And then it becomes, you know, potentially part of a marketing cost, right? Um, That can be shared across, um, across departments. Um, So that's, that's one of the questions is like, how do we leverage this new studio in this new, you know, whether it's a headquarters or facility? Um, You know, the, the other thing that's happening, and that's for professional sports, but it's also happening specifically for us in financial services, where, um, let's say it's a financial services company and it's all about kind of um, us being thought leaders around, it could be financial trends, it could be, it could be corporate, it could be, you know, um, on the personal side or individual side. Once, once that studio is developed, being able to have prospective clients come in and see the studio, right, where it's, again, it's not just it's not just this black box studio that's kind of enclosed and nobody sees, but it actually becomes Mm -hmm. uh, almost like a man, a physical man. This sounds a little out there, but it almost becomes like a physical manifestation of your thought leadership around the content and the speciality that you have. Right. Yeah. And so when clients, prospective clients can come in and say, Hey, not only are we producing content for our own out here, you now as a potential client or as a client have the ability to make, um, you know, content out of, out of this facility as well becomes a huge seller. Right. And it's not Mm -hmm. only is it a, a, it's really a differentiator. Right. Um, and so that's, those are the, I think those are the trends that we're, we're seeing. Um, now not everybody is going to be doing, you know, large, um, facility builds um, that that need that level of planning and, and uh, engagement. But at the end of the day, it's these spaces are in, integral into how um, companies are presenting themselves across the video platform. Well, it's really interesting watching these trends kind of play out in real time and having these conversations with you about them because, uh, yeah, it's, Certainly a as interesting of a time for video as I think I've ever seen or we will maybe ever see just because of the unique factors that are all kind of playing into this particular moment in time um, and, and creating spaces, you know, studio spaces that make the office a more appealing and attractive place to be, I think is also an, another part of this that um, that for some companies can't be overstated, right? Having a place that people actually want to come back to as an office is is part of this. Yep. Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I I think, um, I mean, one of the things that as part of that in terms of video production is how do we, how do we create a place that's authentic, right? That, that tells very directly what we do and how we think about things and whether it's integrating um, AV, um, meaning digital display technology as an experience, right? Um, Or, um, leveraging that same uh, AV technology within a video production studio, the, just the fact that that technology is now being incorporated provides for multiple ways of, um, you know, storytelling and, um, you know, creating, again, I hate that it's like creating a brand, um, uh, really like a, 
a, a, a, a a brand experience through the AV that you can, or through the digital display technology that you can feel and it becomes powerful, yeah. which is, I think it's, it's cool. I mean, at the end of the day, we want to, especially now that people are returning to, um, to work from working remote, like we, we want to create something that's special. That's something that's unique that when you come to the office, it, it engages you. Right. And you feel like you're part of, something that's larger that you can't experience at home. And, uh, you know, using digital display technology to do that is, is one, one tool of, um, of accomplishing that. Excellent. Excellent stuff. Peter, as we come to the end of this particular conversation, this has been a fun one. I've really enjoyed getting a chance to kind of knock these topics around. Any, any final thoughts, anything you want to leave our listeners with or anything we haven't covered yet that you think, Hey, people should know this. Well, I, th- I think one of the things I've just thought about this. Um, so I think one of the misconceptions about what we do and doing a studio is that inherently, I think people think that doing a broadcast or a video studio is a desk and or a stand up next to a monitor. And it feels like you're in a studio. And yeah. one of the things. Right. And so. Oftentimes when people look at, you know, that we've done CNN or MSNBC or some of the hard news stuff, um, but not a lot of the corporate stuff, like companies now want a studio that's flexible, but then is also kind of authentic and doesn't feel like everybody knows that this is not this, but the studio is, is, is a, a space that you're designing, but people want to feel like it, it's it's not overly produced, and I think that one of the one of the the trends that I'm seeing in particular in terms of what clients want is okay. We want a video production studio that doesn't feel like a video production studio that feels authentic to where we're working. And so, oftentimes, like that, that's where I think f- for us and for me, like I'm able to kind of pool our interior architecture and our architectural background to create a space that, yes, you can still tell it's, you know, it's, it's a studio, but it, it, it isn't as formal, right? It's, it's approachable. You feel like you're in, uh, you know, a space that is more hospitality, like less cold studio, not approachable um, yeah. and scripted, right? That's, that's the big thing. I mean, oftentimes the content that brands are producing, they really don't want it to be necessary. Like it's scripted, but it doesn't feel scripted um, from a kind of an audience perspective. Yeah. That yeah. was a very long last comment, but I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it. And it was unscripted, just like you were talking about. Yeah, so yeah. it's good. It's good. Peter Provo, president and director of design at Provo Studios. Peter, it's always fun having these conversations, getting to talk about some of the trends that you're seeing in the market and what's going on. It's been a pleasure, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Everyone, make sure to tune in to future episodes of the show. Best way to do that is by visiting the Provo Studio website or subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the latest insights from folks like Peter. And stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the show. But for this one, for Peter Provo, I'm Tyler Kern. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.